Hello, hello, it's Oren Prunkin and today I want to talk to you about how to prepare for selling after coronavirus. Now, I know someone who is an artist and I'm going to give this example and this advice to them, but it actually applies to multiple people who are struggling with sales during this pandemic and what they should be doing now to help prepare them to sell and be fruitful after it is all over. So they do quite a few different things. Art is their foundation and their base, and they produce that in the form of drawings and paintings, so in frames, but also art outside of frames. So particularly and specifically cards, but art outside of frames, they also put on buildings and in public art. That same um, art outside of frames then goes into jewelry, so the jewelry is such things such as like earrings and necklaces, brooches. Also, the same art goes on to ceramics, so like mugs and crockery and pots, plates, platters, all of these kinds of things. And then finally, onto fabrics or clothing, so scarves and cushions. So the base art is what they love, and their style was really unique and great. And then they transplant, or transpose that style onto many different things. So as I said in and outside of frames, but so the traditional 2D, but then into 3D things um, as well. So what this person really wants to do is their art and their craft. That's what they're passionate about and what they love, but they also want to be able to sell more so that revenue is able to support the baseline hobby and art as well and be congruent with both and not necessarily sell out and do something that they don't want to do. And all of those are really fantastic goals. Now, the wall that they've hit is that obviously we've been hit with this pandemic of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and a lot of their revenue and sales have dried up very much so like a lot of uh, brands and businesses during this time. So what I would suggest them, but anyone else to do within um, this pandemic, but also just in general as well, this would be the advice I give generally to everyone because it's tried and true and it works in pandemics, out of pandemics, out, um, upside down in pandemics, right ways up in pandemics and every variation as well. So it's actually five steps. And the first one is around working out your resources, particularly your time, uh, your uh, your your money, and how much labor you've got, and that really translates into: Do you want to pay for customers? Do you want to earn your customers, or are you going to leverage the customers that you already own and control? The next step is: Who is actually your customer? Your ideal customer. Who is that person? The third step is: Where is that ideal customer, and/or who has them? And I'm going to go into the details of all of these things in a moment. The fourth step is how can you add value to that customer or how can you add value to the person that controls or is a gatekeeper to that customer? And then finally, what are you gonna ask in return from that customer or from that gatekeeper who controls access to that customer? Five steps, you're gonna pay, earn or own um, to get access to customers. Who is that customer or where are they or who has access to them or controls the access to them? How can you give value to the customer or the person that controls them and finally what's your ask in return so for this person that i know uh they do have a, a customer list they have owned channels to reach those people so what i would firstly be doing is going out and finding and capturing every different contact method i could possibly get on my previous customers email sms 
telephone, snail mail, digital messaging platforms, anything and everything that is possible from what they already have. And that would be going back through uh, my accounts and my um, email and my Rolodex and try to collate them all into one list. It doesn't even need to be a cloud-based list or a paid um, list provider can just be in an Excel spreadsheet. That's where a lot of people start and they are phenomenal CRMs as well. Paid is out for this person. It's paid out. Paid is out for a lot of people because they just don't have the money to invest into paid channels. So revenues dried up, they are saving the money for you know the vital things they need to do to keep the lights on. So that leaves earned channels. So I'm going to talk about that soon. So earned channels, they have to decide if they're going to um, use earned channels or just owned. And I would say leverage and utilize both. The more the many, but the more the better. But paid is definitely out um, of uh, out as out as a choice. So then we move on to step number two, which is about who is your customer. And the way I like to think about it is you can divide it into four different categories. So one is geographics, the next is demographics, the third is psychographics, and then the final one is behaviors. So geographics are probably the easiest to go out and target because you know uh, there are 20, 22 million people in Australia. It's a very easily reachable um, amount of people. When you slowly go down that list of demographics, that's things like age and gender psychographics is what's happening in people's heads when you get to this point in time it's really hard um, or it's much harder should i say to target someone based on their worldview first off it's hard to find someone's worldview and then second off once you know what their worldview is it's hard to target them or harder to target them than just a geographical location i know where everyone lives within the adelaide cbd literally i just walk down each road and knock on their door but then to work out um, everyone that lives in Adelaide with a certain worldview, that's much, much harder. I can knock on all the doors and ask them, do you believe in A, B or C, for example? And that would be one way, but it's much harder, much more expensive and much more time consuming to do that. And then finally, behaviors. How can you target people's behaviors, which always um, cascade down from their psychographics, what's happening in their head? So again, behaviors are always the hardest to go about targeting. So I would actually, for this person I'm talking about, really get a clear picture on those four subcategories of who this customer is. And it's going to be informed by their past customer list. So going back to their past customer list and really drawing out and teasing out the factors that make up each and every one of those customers and trying to find similar and related audiences and cohorts to that group. So the next step is then next step number three. So where are those people and or who has access to them? So based on those geographies, those demographics, the psychographics and behaviors, I'd really be looking on the two different uh, geographies. One of those is physical and the other is digital, not just physical in terms of country or state or suburb or city that geography can be divided into digital are they online or are they offline and i really think about where those types of people are and who those people are again are going to be based on all of the product types that this person has sold before like i said it's art 
both in and out of frames. And there's many different variations of that. So where are those people? And they are both online and offline, digitally and physically. And what I would think be thinking about um, in terms of this is who is upstream from me? So what does that person do or behave or buy before they come to me and my art? And then I would also think about who's downstream from me after they bought art, what do they do with it? So for example, if the art is outside of a frame, do they go to a framer afterwards to get it framed? So those two um, examples of who's upstream and downstream are important to think about where they are, but especially who has that customer. So then finally, uh, finally we get to step number four. Sorry, not finally, step number four. How are we gonna go add value to these people? And off the top of my head, there are five different things I think this specific person could go about offering. One of those is giveaways, so product giveaways of any number of those uh, products that I mentioned before. Uh, the other one that they could be um, adding value to either these customers or gatekeepers are visual content based on what they make. So visual content on the product. A third one could be education. I'm gonna talk about education um, um, at some point but really about educating people of why they need art. So all about the why. Um, the, the, the visual content is about what their life could look like and the how is actually the product itself. So education on that very beginning um, point of educating people of why, quote unquote, not having art is a problem in their life. The other one would be um, around uh, cross-promotion to upstream and downstream partners, the ones that I mentioned before. So the value add would be saying to a framer, we will pro promote you if you promote us in exchange. So those that are going to get pictures framed, they then know that there's an alternative thing that they could get framed, which is this person's art, as opposed to someone else's art or um, certificates that they're getting, they're getting framed. Um, and that education piece um, is really around making people problem uh, aware as well. So education around problem awareness and then education around why they actually need it now that they know they need art in their life, why all the products that this person sells are important as opposed to all the alternative styles of art that are out there in the market. So um, some of those value adds, I'll give you really specific examples of what I would do if I was this person. So in terms of drawing, and paintings in frames, I would be giving these people these out to influencers, both online and offline. You know, perhaps things like TikTok and also Instagram, by giving out actual product to these people um, as a value add, and hopes that when we get to the next stage, asking for the things in return, they actually go and do a shout out either by posting. Um, imagery or videos of those products. The same can be done offline, so in cafes and restaurants, particularly around paintings and art. Art Cafes and restaurants need things on their wall. The same thing, giving those, uh, those vendors your product. Same thing with hotels when they start to reopen and then uh, people's houses. So people that have, um, uh, uh, have uh, are affluent, I would be giving them paintings and drawings. So when their affluent friends come over, they see the paintings, they say, who did that? And then obviously the person will say, well, so-and-so 
um, created this, and that is the ask. Same with uh, outside of frame. So cards, I'll be doing the same thing with influencers online, but also offline. Because cards are thin and they can be cheap to make, I'm not saying doing custom um, this for custom cards, but any cards that can be created cheaply and at scale, so they're not in individually made, I'll be giving those out to past customers. I'll be putting them in the post for a $1.10 um, stamp plus an envelope at 10 cents plus the card for a dollar and be sending, you know, $2.50, $3 um, per unit freebies out to all my past customers to stay front of mind. The other one with public art is I'll be approaching council areas and cafes and being off being uh, giving an offer of doing free but small uh, public arts, not doing huge murals, but doing small ones that don't take a lot of time, but that add a lot of value to that uh, cafe or restaurant on the side of their wall, either internally, externally, but for councils, their external walls. So when people um, go past, they actually see the signature on the bottom and say, that's really interesting art. I wonder if they have any other things that need to be, um, that, that they can sell. Same thing with jewelry, earring, earrings, necklaces, brooches, that that kind of thing. I'd be doing the same thing with influencers and past customers, especially small um, earrings or small necklaces that are cheap and scalable, not one-off custom items. I'd be doing a batch that are really scalable and posting them out for a couple dollars to stay front of mind for past customers. With ceramics, things like mugs and crockery and pots and things like that, again, it would be uh, influencers that have access to a cohort of similar people. I'd be doing the same thing with cafes and restaurants and hotels when they reopen. That cafes, restaurants, hotels need all, all of these ceramics. If you can outfit a cafe with all of your ceramics, again, when someone comes in, they actually feel um, the ceramic and they can project themselves in the future having one of these in their house. It's getting them to try before they buy it. It's a demo. And then again, they can look at the bottom of the plates or they can ask the cafe or restaurant owner who produced them and then again that would lead um, to people becoming aware of this artist's work. Same thing with fabric and clothes and scarves and cushions, the same three, influencers, cafes and hotels. I wouldn't be sending these to um, past customers, too expensive, too hard to do at scale. So then the final step is asking for something in return. Now for those that are gatekeepers that I've mentioned, so cafes, restaurants, hotels, influencers, they have access to the customers that you want. So ultimately what you wanna be asking from them is to do a shout out to all of the people that they have congregated in their cohort and asking for um, a shout out to your website or e-commerce store. Um, same with um, hotels, restaurants, and cafes. It's a little bit harder for them to do that. They probably be less likely and willing to send through their official sales and marketing channels. But when someone comes and asks them in person who created the things that you have given them, then uh, having a verbal, uh, verbal agreement for them to then say it was you or have on the bottom your signature and your um, details printed on the bottom of all of those items. Now the ask for past customers, because they are direct, there is no gatekeeper except you that controls them, is to come and buy custom versions going for the sale, the ask, and the pitch. So they're the five steps. So I'm gonna really summarize it up here again. So it's going about creating a, a lot of these products, scalable products for your past cu customers, but also one-off um, and customized products for some of those bigger um, gatekeepers, cafes, 
um, restaurants, hotels, and influencers. Then doing biz dev, business development online and offline, giving all of those products out to those um, gatekeepers, creating content around education and distributing those mainly to influencers. Um, the photos, as I said before, if you can create visual photos and distributing them to influencers, those influencers could be magazines, press and um, PR outlets, um, and the visuals are really about selling people on what their life could be like with this type of art in their life. And then also the education piece is why people need art um, to start with people who haven't considered why they may need that. So really selling them on the fact of why they need it, then the what is the type of art that you provide through those photos and what life could look like. And if they finally want that and are sold on all of those things, that's the purchase, the how they get it is the actual product, the art products that that person sells. And then once that's all done, then just sending out the product to all of those people um, and letting them do as they will with them, either posting online, using them offline, when all the restrictions start to come, back, uh, come off with coronavirus, people start to then see all of these images, start to get to play and use with them, use them within the environment they're designed for and then ultimately that's when sales will start to happen communication will go out to say here's a shout out to go look at this artist it won't be instant money now but it's building the foundation and setting up all the pins for you to roll that bowling ball down once all these restrictions come off and you'll be set up for when the economy recovers now is the time to do all that prep work rather than focusing on sales get everything up and running so that when the restrictions are up, people are out in cafes, restaurants, hotels, using uh, your product as product demos, getting those um, influencers to be able to go and do shout outs for you on your behalf for people to then go purchase them for themselves. A little bit of effort, a little bit of money also to get all this made, but it's a once off um, thing that will set it up for you for many months if not years to come so hopefully this is useful this episode was designed for a very particular person in mind but put aside the specifics of the content and look more contextual of how this could apply to what you're doing the same five steps i said apply to every business no matter where they're at what time it is in the economy so go and audit everything you're doing see which ones you're missing which ones you've left out which ones you're doing really well and knuckle down on the ones that you may need to look at deeper. Let me know how you go. I love hearing from people and their feedback of how they implement this stuff. So hopefully it was useful. And until we talk next time, I hope you have a phenomenal day and goodbye. Thanks for listening. And if you like what was on here and want more, please go to orenprunken.com.